Dear listeners, Sai Ram, welcome to our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. Every Thursday on Asia Stream, you can enjoy this live conversation. It's from 12.30pm to 2pm Indian Standard Time. The topic of today's episode is Satyam Shivam Sundaram. The Life Story of Bhagwan Sri Satya Sai Baba and this was first featured as part of Thursday Life on May 30th, 2013. Sai Ram and welcome to all our listeners for yet another segment of Afternoon Satsang on Thursday live being broadcast to you from the Radio Sai Global Harmony Studios in the spiritual capital of the universe, Prashantinilyam. I am Arvind from Team Radio Sai being joined by Prem from Team Radio Sai and today we will be discussing the next phase of Bhagwan's amazing, love-filled, miracle-filled childhood. Sairam, to all listeners tuning in from every part of the world, it is a pleasure to join you. Swami's childhood has been filled with such a variety of experiences and episodes that each experience seems to enhance the beauty of the other episode, just as winter enhances the beauty of summer and summer does the same to winter. Definitely. I mean, it's not just the beauty aspect of it. Of course, mm. it is there. It adds flavor. and But even for existence... You know, the contrary, the contrast is so important. Like, you know, as we were talking once, if you ask a farmer, he will tell you that as much as rain is important for a crop, Hmm. so much so is the period of dry spell. Correct. You know, you have untimely rains that is as harmful as having no rains at all. Exactly. And I think on the similar vein, we had also discussed of how uh, notes are important in music as well as the gaps between the notes, the silence in between the notes, which also constitute an important aspect of music, which is rhythm. So, the opposites are very much a part of the earth, part of our world. And in fact, they have been put there because without it, the world would not be the world that we know. And coming to today's satsang, and to give you an idea, dear listeners, of where we are in this beautiful Satyam Shivam Sundaram story we are following, we came to the point where we discussed about that momentous occasion where apparently Swami was stung by a scorpion. Mm-hmm. But what came to be was something which was a mystical experience which Swami gave the people around and a very, very stark change in Swami's characteristics and his behavior after that uh, event. In the sense that you know he became more un- unpredictable. Correct. That uh, very well-behaved and... Uh, a uh, very humble boy, that obedient. obedient child that he was all his years. Suddenly, he seemed to be portraying something very, very uh, you know uh, eccentric. You could say drastically, in sense, different. drastically different. And then uh, the events which followed, where you know we discussed how Swami started doing miracles in the open. He was doing it all these while, all the while. But suddenly, he started doing it without any apprehension of doing it in public. Okay. Right. And then uh, he was brought back to Puttaparthi, the episode of him being taken to the witch doctor at Kadri, the mm-hmm. horrific one. And then how Swami was taken back to Urukonda at the end of the summer vacation. 
I think that's where we actually stopped the satsang last week, if I'm not wrong, Arvind. Exactly. And in that, we covered May 23rd, 1940-1943, as we have already explained the anomaly of the three years. Right. And it happened to coincide with May 23rd, and that's why it was so apt. I'm reminded of what we had spoken in a previous satsang. You know, the song that Swami used to lead in the prayers, in the prayer session in Bukapatnam, it continued even in Uravakonda after he joined the school. That is, Aharahatava Ahvana Pracharita Sunisita Udharavani. Hindu Baud. Actually, this is a part of the Janagana Mana song written by Ravinanath Tagore. Mm -hmm. At that time, nobody had even the slightest inkling that it would go on to become the national anthem of the Indian country. Okay. So, at such a time, Swami picked up that stanza which speaks of the unity among all the religions in India and unity among the people of the different lands. Punjab, Sindh, Gujarat and you know, all these things in his prayer song. Right. And um, that is something really special I feel because it was as if Swami is giving an inkling of the things going to come. In fact, uh, it is said that uh, when uh, Swami began to you know, show his divine miracles and leelas, the, which happened more and more in Uravakonda, everybody could not help but notice how Swami was doing this. And because of this, every Thursday became a very special event. People began to believe that on Thursdays, their little Satyanarayana Raju, Satyam or Raju as they used to call him, is going to get possessed by this Sai Baba. And therefore, every Thursday after the lunch, Raju would be allowed to go home because that is the day for puja. Exempted from school. Exactly. Because that is the day of puja. Swami would go back home and that day would be totally different. Swami's characteristics too was so different from what he was on the other six days of the week. Mm -hmm. On Thursday, he would be totally different. And as we discussed the seasons in the beginning, this difference was what made it more impactful on Thursdays. You know, Thursday Swami would appear so different, so calm and most of the miracles Swami would do on the Thursday. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was saying that uh, Swami was exempted from school. The whole school would be let free because amongst Swami's foremost followers were some of his own teachers. Right. Including the headmaster of the uh, uh, school. Mr. Lakshmipati. Exactly. So they too would want to attend the puja session which would extend from evening 5 o'clock till about 8 or 9 in the night. And this would be a session where bhajans would go on. There would be a chair on which Swami is seated. And different people would come up to him, make their offerings, tell their complaints or make their prayers, requests. And Swami out of thin air would materialize vibhuti. Now this vibhuti is something we are all so familiar with. In those times, they were not familiar. You know, you would have seen Shirdi Baba's udi or vibhuti. It is so... More coarse and... uh, Rough. Exactly. Because it is taken as ash from the firewood. And this was what the vibhuti that everybody was acquainted with. Right. This was something very different. The kind of vibhuti that Swami materialized Mm -hmm. and out of thin air. Okay. And from those days onwards, vibhuti and Swami somehow became interconnected very strongly. Exactly. And it was around that time when Swami started establishing that connection between the Sai Baba of Shirdi and and that he is the reincarnation of that uh, avatar. Because Swami started materializing pieces of that kafni cloth. 
hmm. right? The cloth uh, which was worn by Shirdi Baba, exactly. Orange pieces of that cloth, and then Swami would materialize small pictures of uh, Shirdi Baba because you know it was a time when not many knew about Shirdi Baba in those days. Not many knew how he looked. So Swami would materialize pictures and give it to the people around for them to worship. In fact, you know, uh, Prem, there is one B V Narsimha Swami. Right. He headed the Sai Samaj in Madras. Okay. Okay, and this Sai Samaj meaning Shirdi Sai Samaj. Okay. Uh, much later, I know I am jumping the gun over here, but mm-hmm. uh, since the topic of Shirdi Baba came up, I thought it should be very relevant to mention it here. Okay. Now he was heading this Sai Samaj in Madras, but when he came and saw what Swami was doing. Mm-hmm. He openly proclaimed and even published it in the Sai Samaj magazine saying that all that we are doing to do prachar of Shirdi Baba does not match up to the efforts of this single lad who is, you know, bringing more spotlight, limelight or whatever you may call it, publicity to Shirdi Baba than all our Samaj's combined efforts all across the country. I am bringing this point up because, you know, there are some critics some uh, die-hard critics who say that um, Swami came and took over the adoration and adulation that was due on Shirdi Baba over to himself. (laughs) You know, he pulled that aura onto himself. In those days, if you see, Shirdi Baba was hardly known. In fact, Swami has popularized Shirdi Baba to such a great extent that the first ever, this is what something that we already discussed, the first ever Shirdi, statu, Shirdi Sai statue to be installed in the whole world, in the whole universe was at Gindi in 1949 by our Swami. True and you know, if he wanted somebody's popularity to ride on, uh-huh. I think Swami should have chosen some other saint who was more popular in the south. Exactly. Because Swami was taking up a personality who was so, you know, uh, unknown in this area. And Swami actually made him popular and in fact if you think of him trying to use the popularity of a saint who is already popular even today you know in the north so many people do not accept Swami as a reincarnation of Shirdi Baba. Correct. You know so many are finding it so difficult to accept Swami because the ways are so different. But but every person who follows Swami and that number is into the millions Except Shirdi Baba. Absolutely. So, uh, what is this? I mean, is he trying to take over or has he brought so much more glory? In the 1940s itself, as I said, Shri Bivin Narsimha Swami recognized it. And he said, he has written it in the magazine that whatever we are doing for Prachar for Shirdi Baba is not matching up to the efforts of this single lad in this remote hamlet, what he is doing. In fact, you know, one of the reasons, if at all Swami had said that I am Rama or I am Krishna, he would have had life a little bit easier, you know. Because everybody around him were Hindus. Right. And they uh, hated this idea of, you know, a Hindu child propagating some Muslim fakir. (laughs) In fact, Swami used to tell all the children he had among his friends, there was one Moinuddin, Miran Moinuddin who was a Muslim. He used to tell them that, you know, do not separate basing on religion worship everybody he used to encourage the Muslims to tell Ram Ram and same thing what Shirdi Baba did you know encourage the Hindus to go worship Rahim absolutely in fact even Swami had told in a discourse hmm. that they were all surprised that Swami came up with that prayer Ahrahatava as huh. a school prayer because it was so uh, you know uh, Sarvadharmic if you can put it now now we know that term so well correct but you know people even those days were wondering that how such a small boy is trying to push this idea of harmony of uh, religions through this prayer. 
and as he kept doing this as i as i told you know it became as if like on thursdays he is possessed by this sai baba whoever he is on the other days he is a normal abbai abbai meaning boy boy so that was how it became and this was not liked by his brother sheshma raju mm-hmm. and his sister in law sushilamma you know in fact sushilamma once caught hold of raju by the ear scolded him chided him chastised him and told him that you know instead of studying you are wasting your time doing all this what is this bhajan what is all this rubbish stop it you know she even went to the extent of telling him that we are lucky that we are staying on this street in fact the temple street on which they stayed right it was populated only by brahmins <laughs> satyas was the only family that was non brahmin okay and so his sister in law told him that at least if you are a brahmin you could have carried a begging bowl and gone begging arms people would have granted given you arms but you are not even a brahmin so what future will you have if you don't study so study and therefore give it up just like he had some teachers from the uravakonda school karibasava swami elementary school who became you know if we can say his fans or who were very devoted to him we cannot say they became his devotees because they felt that there's something special about this boy they had not yet accepted him as god so there were also some teachers who chastised and criticized and were very irritated with this and therefore they could not do anything to him you know they were scared of uh, satya the boy and therefore what they would do is all the other students who would attend this session they would hit them and beat them up okay and therefore it is said that uh, uh, the miran moinuddin that i mentioned mm-hmm. that boy mm-hmm. that boy was made a watchman okay and swami shifted the venue for all these prayers mm-hmm. from sheshama raju's house to the house of one of the teachers who was very loving and devoted towards him which okay. is manchi raju tamme raju okay his uh, math teacher so the sessions were held either in manchi raju tamme raju's house or in the house of shri anjaneelu you must be knowing anjaneelu right yeah anjaneelu is Swami is so very fondly refers to him. He supposed uh-huh. to be the, I think, excise commissioner, correct, who was living in Urvakonda then. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Swami describes how he actually lived in a house which is quite far from where Swami lived. Mm-hmm. Swami lived in that Temple Street, as you said. The connection was Mr. Uh, Anjaneelu's uh-huh. uh, children, the son and daughter, that is, were uh, schoolmates of Swami. Exactly. Narsimha Das and uh, Subaratnama. Subaratnama, who is who, the son and daughter. So that is how Swami he came in contact with Swami, and he was one of the people who very very early accepted Swami to be some something not uh, of the ordinary type. You know, he and his uh, wife very very devout, Miss Bagil, Mrs. Bagilakshmi, ah. his wife, and okay. they went on to be actually very devout devotees of Swami even much later. and of course we will be referring to his house much later because he you know he played a very important role in swami's mission and the episode of declaration yeah thanks for correcting me prem bhagya lakshmi yes dear listeners his wife was bhagya lakshmi subaratnamma uh, is the daughter daughter the daughter was subaratnamma daughter was subaratnamma correct and you know in fact in his house swami would go and some of the sessions were held in his house also hmm. because he lived in a you know separate bungalow because he was an excise commissioner and he had a huge garden and in fact that episode where you said you know on thursdays it appeared like swami was possessed by him swami would actually spend some bhajans in his house that was a time and of of uh, for about 3 or 4 hours swami would stand in a trance Hmm. and that was one of the reasons why they got this idea that he was being possessed on and off by <laughs> okay. this shirdi baba saint yeah and 
in spite of the sessions being held at others place there was still the danger of these anti those who were against the boy uh, catching hold of the children who were attending and punishing them right and therefore this miran moinuddin was uh, kept kept as a watchman he would be guarding the entrance keeping a look out for those who were going to come in uh, and because of this seva that the, he used to do uh, that is guarding the whole session so that nobody disturbs and none of the children get caught in case he sees some of these anti people coming he would uh, let out a warning and all the children who would be sitting there would disperse or hide themselves so that they are not caught for this seva that he used to do uh, raju that is swami used to say that some extra prasadam must be given to him okay so he would be the recipient of extra prasadam and in fact his nickname among all the children became prasadam bhakta mm-hmm. it was <laughs> as if he is devoted only to the prasadam okay it is so beautiful because years later you know prashant nilayam had been established moinuddin at that time you know came to know that you know my dear classmate who i used to interact with daily today has become so big god knows what he would have thought had he come in the 90s then in the 50s itself he felt that he has become so big so he wanted to come and have a darshan so uh, in late 50s or early 60s he had come to the ashram and from far he saw swami giving darshan and he felt so much longing towards swami he felt like running and embracing his dear friend as he stood there swami walked straight to him and said ఏయ్ ప్రసాదం భక్త ఎప్పుడు వచ్చావు అండ్ హీ వాజ్ సో థ్రిల్డ్ ఐ మీన్ స్వామి సెడ్ ఓ ఈ ప్రసాదం భక్త దట్ ఈస్ డివోటీ ఆఫ్ ద ప్రసాదం వెన్ డిడ్ యూ కమ్ హీ వాజ్ సో థ్రిల్ దట్ స్వామి రిమెంబర్డ్ దట్ ఈస్ వన్ బ్యూటిఫుల్ ఆస్పెక్ట్ ప్రేమ్ స్వామి నెవర్ ఫర్గెట్స్ యూ నో ఎవ్రీ స్మాల్ థింగ్ వీ మే థింక్ దట్ హీ ఫర్గెట్స్ బట్ హీ రిమెంబర్స్ ఎవ్రీ స్మాల్ థింగ్ ఫర్ హీ హెస్ బీన్ హీ ఈస్ ద పాస్ట్ హీ ఈస్ ద ప్రెసెంట్ హీ ఈస్ ద ఫ్యూచర్ absolutely in fact that clip which we played last week swami ends by saying that people think that sai baba doesn't know I know everything and I don't forget anything. Exactly. He says that. Exactly. In fact, you know, even as you were narrating that point where uh, Swami being a non-Brahmin, mm. being of the Kshatriya birth, mm. and in fact, that was for many devotees who came later, an mm. uh, inhibiting factor. And they had a little bit of problem accepting that. Mm. We, we have spoken before about uh, Mr. Seshigiri Rahu, who became the first uh, uh, priest. priest at the old mandir. And then there was this Vital Rao, father of uh, mrs jayalakshmi gopinath who was warden, for a long time the warden of the warden anandpur campus of the anandpur campus you know she narrates mm. how her family was associated with the uh, you know you have this ayangars who are very staunch devotees of vishnu mm. you know they have their own sect correct so they were very very uh, upset about mr vithal rao going to swami because they had these uh, uh, you know gurus who will be coming as shishya guru shishya parampara and there will be these families who are devoted to that uh, guru shishya of gurus guru shishya lineage like how you have the shankracharya hmm. people going to him and uh, the udupi mart and that kind of thing so they would come to him and say that you know how are you going to this sai baba who is actually a kshatriya our loyalty lies right. elsewhere he is not even a brahmin you know you can come to a brahmin guru that is fine but how can you go to a kshatriya who is claiming to be god and it seems vital rao used to say that you know you are praying to krishna who was a kshatriya you are ready to pray to rama who was born in who was a king hmm. but you are not accept ready to accept this boy who is a kshatriya who is claiming to be god you know if we see swami's life we see so many contradictions like this uh, that's what we had discussed this again uh, few satsangs back mm-hmm. you know if we think that if we were swami 
we will feel that you know many things we would have done better maybe right. be born as a brahmin be born in a very rich and influential family which will help you in your mission be born in a country where everything is favorable for you <laughs> but that is one thing we can never understand we can never comprehend god unless we become god ourselves unless we realize the innate divinity we cannot understand why swami did it and therefore the only thing we can do is just talk about all the things that he did and just appreciate it because things cannot be done better than that for it has been done by perfection himself then absolutely you know as we've uh, spoken before when we have when we embark upon something when we start a mission or start something we pray to lord ganesha and we honestly consider lord ganesha as as the son of <laughs> swami literally you know <laughs> and we pray to him to remove the obstacles hmm. and here is swami you know in that everything which he took up when we spoke about uh, in the cattle fair when swami was staying in kamlapuram mm. or even this mission everything which swami started swami himself chose that there should be so many obstacles in the path correct i think that itself was a uh, was a lesson which swami was trying to teach all of us that there is no way you will have anything given to you you know on a platter everything will have its its share of obstacles and difficulties but and every positive force will have an opposing negative right. force but the joy is in you know winning the oppositions which come by and winning the hearts which come by too that's what swami proved and that's what swami did also right. you know we spoke about one category of teachers who were very pro swami there was another category who were anti swami now there was a middle category who are anti who became pro <laughs> you know one such was one h s venkatramana right you know in discourses swami has referred to him as a very noble person swami refers to him as h s ramana mm-hmm. but his complete name was h s venkatramana he was an english and science teacher and he was an excellent teacher mm-hmm. in fact uh, he had won the president's medal okay uh, for excellence now he felt that there is something so unscientific about what swami is doing and therefore he was not ready to accept swami as whom he claimed to be as mm-hmm. some divine soul or and as a test you know what he did was he told swami that i'm going to break a cocoa nut or a cocoa seed mm-hmm. that is there that nut small nut when i smash it and break it tell me how many pieces it will break into okay that test is no way scientific <laughs> but anyway he he posed that question to swami in the blink of an eye swami said it will break into five pieces and that's exactly what happened it broke into five pieces venkatramana realized that this was not a scientific test after having done the test he felt <laughs> hey, no he might have just got by fluke you know mm. so he didn't believe he again walked away from there but his wife was a great devotee of uh, swami a great devotee in the sense every thursday she would make it a point to come okay and attend the session and you know in those days this was something uh, shocking for all the people because there would be a queue of up to 100 to 150 people mm. that is like a kind of crowd you'll expect at a fair a cattle fair or something like that never to visit a person in a home and that is why the puja would go on from evening 5 till night 9 o'clock okay where everybody in a queue will come offer their prayers offer their requests swami will interact with them speak to them different things would happen i mean i feel each of those 150 people will have one bhagavatam to narrate we have missed out on those stories but this lady that is um, the wife of our science teacher venkatramana she used to be a regular in this queue she would every time come we must say that the nobility of venkatramana was such that he didn't stop her from coming okay once he developed a very severe stomach ache 
that stomachache just the, the teacher the teacher okay yes that uh, that stomachache just refused to go and he tried so many kinds of medicines from ayurvedic to allopathic but none of them seemed to help him and finally what happened was his wife decided to seek solace and solution mm-hmm. from the raju okay. from uh, the, uh, the little, little raju boy. that right. is swami so one thursday she came to him swami just materialized vibhuti mm-hmm. and gave it to her and said you go give it to your husband she had not even told him about the problem okay swami himself said that he's got a stomach ailment you go give this to your husband he'll be fine mm-hmm. and within that day hs venkatramana the agnostic critic mm-hmm. had become a devotee because he realized that this was something that science had not helped him in any way and they had no idea what was a stomach ache all about and a boy gives some fluffy ash fragrant fluffy ash and it's all gone so that was how swami you know as you said created obstacles and won it over through love patience and perseverance <laughs> because just as winter helps us to appreciate summer and summer helps us to appreciate winter it's only this kind of opposition and criticism that helps us to appreciate patience tolerance kshama love and all these noble qualities and it's really interesting you know when you come to swami as an agnostic when you don't believe in what he does mm-hmm. even the miracles you reason them correct but once that devotion is given to you in fact that is the fact you know the faith is even in the bible it said no faith is a gift you know you can never develop it it is only given to you as a gift for your goodness hmm. you know when the faith is given to you no amount of what comes to you as unreasonable or you know unacceptable you are ready to accept them and i think that's what happened with these devotees who came early you know who had their doubts who who were blessed with that faith after that whatever came up after that you know people might have told so many things about swami and they would have heard rumors which were very unpleasant but their faith would not waver because they had had the experience another uh, fantastic uh, aspect is prem imagine uh, if we had been god if suppose i am god i'll i'm place putting myself in swami's uh, uh, shoes and if some devotee comes and i tell you you know by day after this will happen and that happens to him my thing will be come on come on tell tell everyone now didn't it happen i told you right it'll happen it happened i mean publicize the miracles that you're doing but swami was not like that it was as he says this chamatkar is part of his nature it was we don't go about publicizing that we are breathing we don't publicize that we are digesting it's just part of our daily routine for god to miracles were like that Absolutely. in fact you'll be amazed at what swami told a student leader we mm-hmm. have made reference to him before also abdul khader okay. it's really amazing how abdul khader uh, went to swami is a story in itself mm-hmm. there was this boy called hanumanta reddy okay who was also from swami school mm-hmm. and uh, he got a desire that i also want to go and meet sai baba not raju i want to meet sai baba which okay. means i had to wait for a thursday so on thursday he went and he saw this whole queues and he was waiting and waiting and he got little bored he got even irritated he suddenly felt who is this boy who is simply you now he is just another boy and so in his irritation he had got some sweets you know some sugar and those white sugar balls that you get right. as prasadam in shirdi temples right. yeah that he had got as an offering so he just broke the queue went ahead chucked it on swami's face okay. in anger and disgust mm-hmm. and walked away from there mm-hmm. now this came to the notice of the headmaster lakshmipati now he was a devotee as such in fact after the uh, thursday pujas swami would expound on 
one scripture or the other okay. and all the okay. teachers would sit back and they would have a study circle there mm-hmm. so lakshmipati uh, the headmaster would not attend the puja session but he would make it a point to attend the uh, satsang because uh, the wisdom of raju was very evident when he came to know that this boy hanuman reddy did that he made sure that he will not have lunch at all mm-hmm. so because as a punishment for doing this now abdul khader who was a student leader felt pity on this boy mm-hmm. so he went and uh, requested and he told the headmaster that i will plead to him i will plead to swami on his behalf okay so let us stop this punishment so uh, he said okay fine now he had to wait till thursday for the <laughs> next pleading because till then it's only raju it's not sai baba right okay so the next thursday abdul khader goes to swami and he pleads on the boy's behalf and that time swami tells him that not only his words anything that anybody speaks mm-hmm. or does is all my will so don't punish them give him food mm-hmm. and at that time abdul khader was you know very involved in the independence movement for india okay there was a strong uh demand by all the indian nationalists for home rule right home rule in the sense india will be like a dominion under britain mm-hmm. it'll be under the queen but the people will have a self rule they will rule on their own a dominion of the united kingdom they were fighting for that when he brought this up in swami's presence and said swami you know this is what we are doing what do you think uh, about the independence should i can i go and join I means he wanted to give up school and dive wholeheartedly into this swami told him if you want to join if you don't want don't join but 15th august 1947 india will get complete independence mm-hmm. and this was in 1943 and when swami said this abdul khader was scarcely able to believe his ears Okay. because here was swami talking about purnaswaraj complete independence right. that was not even on the agenda <laughs> of the nationalist movement that time they had only expected self rule right and when this came he was so thrilled that he went around telling everybody you know what so he said this he said this and everybody rubbished him away and that's how he kept silent and now that is what has happened and in an interview in the 1990s mm-hmm. that is when abdul khader an elderly person related this episode that had happened where swami had 4 years, years before, before the actual independence of india predicted that india would be independent right and there was another incident you know around this time mm. with the teachers of swami from the urukonda school mm. one incident happened like swami would uh, as you said either collect you know, do these pujas in tamiraju his teacher's house or in anjanelu's house at one mm. time it seems a lot of these teachers who had doubts about swami came and there was something like an avadanam you know in uh, in the telugu literary circle it's very famous what you mm. call avadanam okay where a scholar is seated mm. and about 8 or 100 or 1000 people you know it's ashtavadanam shatavadanam shatavadanam no sahasravadanam depending on the number of people mm. they will randomly question this person and okay. this person will answer the questions after all the questioning is over giving the right right answer to the person who has put the in question. that order in the i mean in the order or any order oh, okay but it will be given to the right person hmm. so something similar to that happened with swami all these teachers came and they randomly questioned swami and swami answered all their questions in fact some of them even prophetic in the right order wow to the right person that was one of the incidents which happened and it's recorded in satyam shundram 
I feel a kind of Kotiyavadhanam is happening today all around the world Absolutely. because I feel every day on a hourly or maybe minutely basis there are people throwing questions at Swami throwing requests at Swami and Swami is answering it all around the world Dear listeners let us take a few moments out close our eyes and feel our dear Lord in our heart who is responding to our every prayer and also discriminating whether our prayers are foolish or right and granting us the right prayers granting us the wisdom to make the right prayers and making our life such a wonderful journey really where would we be if not for swami if not for that moment which we are going to be talking about today because it was you know as you uh, so rightly put it arvind that was the time when you know swami was being sai baba on thursdays and people huh. who wanted to meet sai baba came on thursdays in fact later professor kasturi writes that you know how swami became an all time swami <laughs> like you know not only on thursdays <laughs> because people started coming you know when swami uh, just jumping a few episodes now when swami came back to parthi that was a time when people started pouring in from sai some of the cities from mysore bangalore and chennai and all these places they could not wait till a thursday okay <laughs> and that was how the worship started every day Uh, okay. you know from uh, having bhajans only on thursdays that was how it became every day and then it became every session morning and evening and and why people started coming why people are still coming or why people started coming that time or even as a child the reason is the same because of swami's universality you know uh, we discussed that how swami went to his teacher manchiraji tammiraju's house for the sessions over there a lot of miracles used to happen mm-hmm. so much so that manchiraj uh, uh, tamiraju's house came to be known as the miracle house okay people have reported having seen glimpses of the mahabharata war mm-hmm. which swami gave them a vision of glimpses from the ramayana and not only that the episode of gajendra moksha mm-hmm. as radha krishna subhadra krishna they have seen uh, vishnu lying on the uh, shesha shaya mm-hmm. on the adi shesha in the ocean of milk in the kshira sagara mm-hmm. they have seen shiva parvati in kailasa they have seen brahma and saraswati on the lotuses <laughs> okay and they have seen ganesha okay. there is no limitation to the number of deities that people witnessed in tamiraju's house and so spread the news that you know whatever deity you like go and you will be able to witness it in swami and that was what started pulling more and more people because it was not as if you have to devote yourself or dedicate yourself to one new deity whichever <laughs> is your deity let your love for the deity become stronger that has been swami's message and that's why even later on when it expanded to beyond the shores of india swami said the same thing i don't care if you're a hindu i don't care if you're a muslim if you're a muslim become a better muslim if you're a hindu become a better hindu if you're a christian become a better christian this universality drew people in large numbers in hordes absolutely in fact since we are still in may and it was in the may in 1968 17th hmm. of may to be precise in dharmakshetra when swami made the declaration in public he said every divine form that mankind has worshiped is embodied in this body Hmm. That's the declaration he made, and Sarva Devata Atita Swarupa. Every divinity and this divinity transcends the divinity of all those god forms you worshipped. Exactly, we see the bhajans that uh, adore and worship Swami. They adore and worship Swami as everything. They call Puttaparthi as Bhuloka Vaikuntha, and and you know, speaking of Bhuloka Vaikuntha, I am reminded of one more beautiful song mm-hmm. which describes Swami as. Uh, the shrinivasa the lord narayana who walked this earth 
uh, I feel it's a beautiful time to take a break and play that song. Before we play the song, there's one small episode, you know, in Kodai Kinal, the song that we're going to play now was sung by a couple of students and the song we are playing now is also sung by the same students. Mm-hmm. Swami had taken them along with him to Kodai Kinal and they were singing it in Swami's presence and it was evident that this song had struck a chord in Swami's heart. Swami used to become emotional and he would love to hear to this song. Okay. And in this song also, especially there is a paragraph that comes, Ishwaramba Muddu Biddadai, which means the dear one of Ishwaramma. Right. And Swami would love this so much. So one day what happened was, in a session, Swami told, sing that song, sing that song. Mm-hmm. So they started, this song begins as Manishini Madhuvani. When they started, so Swami said, no, 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 not this, not this, the other song. So they were wondering which other song. So they kept trying to uh, sing all of Swami's favorite songs. Swami said, no, not this, not this, not this. Suddenly one brother who was sitting in that, he suddenly recollected, you know, how Swami had emoted so beautifully and had been so touched with that line, Ishwaramma Muddu Bidadai. So he, he tapped and in a hurried whisper, he said, Ishwaramma Muddu Bidadai, Ishwaramma Muddu Bidadai. So, these two brothers, they heard Ishwaram Mudhubhidai, they played, ah, okay, that is Manishini Madhuvani. So, they again started that song. Swami said, no, not this. Then he told, no, start from Ishwaram Mudhubhidai. <laughs> That's how he said. So, they just started. Ishwaram Mudhubhidai. The minute that word came, Swami said, ah, idi, this song. <laughs> so, dear listeners, let us listen to that song that has portions in it, which That's has completely... It's a very beautiful song because the way it starts is, Manishini Madhavani Cheya because to transform man to God that God that Narayana has himself come and very very beautiful lyrics we will not be able to give you the uh, meaning of every word of the things but as you said there is a reference where it said Ishurama Muttu Bidadai the dear son of Ishurama and the next line is Nadiyade Shinivasudai the one the Narayana who is walking amidst us the dear one of Ishurama walks the earth as the uh, Narayana or Srinivasa. A very beautiful song, one of Swami's favorite songs. So we will take a break with this song and we will continue at the end of this song. Shini Madhavuni Jaya Madine Swargamugamacha Madhavude Avatarincha Satya Sai Bhagavanuga Yenta Premayo Swamiki Yenta Premayo Satya Sai Bhagavanuga Yenta Premayo Manishini Madhavuni Jaya Madine Swargamugamacha Madhavude Avatarincha Satya Sai Bhagavanuga Yenta Premayo Swamiki Yenta Premayo Satya Sai Bhagavan Kiyanta Premayo Ishwaramba Muddu Bindadai Nadayade Srinivasudai Ishwaramba Muddu Bindadai Nadayade Srinivasudai 
ఈశ్వరుడే అవతరించై పవిత్ర భారతాన ఎంత పుణ్యమో మనదెంత పుణ్యమో సత్య సాయి దర్శింప జన్మ ధన్యమో మనిషిని మాధవుని జయమదినే స్వర్గముగా మార్చ మాధవుడే అవతరించ సత్య సాయి భగవానుగా ఎంత ప్రేమయో స్వామికి ఎంత ప్రేమయో సత్య సాయి భగవానుకి ఎంత ప్రేమయో మానవతను బోధించి ప్రేమతను స్థాపించాలు తగదంతు మానవతను బోధించి ప్రేమ మతము స్థాపించ సంభవామి యుగే యుగే అని చాటిన రీతిగా చాటిన రీతిగా అవతరించను ఆర్తజనుల ఆదుకొనగా సన్నిధి మాకు పెన్నిధి నీదు సన్నిధి మాకు పెన్నిధి నీదు ప్రేమే మాకు ప్రాణము నీదు సన్నిధి మాకు పెన్నిధి నీదు ప్రేమే మాకు ప్రాణము తల్లి నీవే తండ్రి నీవే మాధవుని జయమదినే స్వర్గముగా మార్చ మాధవుడే అవతరించ సత్య సాయి భగవాను ఎంత ప్రేమయో స్వామికి ఎంత ప్రేమయో సత్య సాయి భగవానుకి ఎంత ప్రేమయో ఎంత ప్రేమయో స్వామికి ఎంత ప్రేమయో సత్య సాయి beautiful song indeed yanta premayo swami ki yanta premayo how much love swami has that he has come down in this beautiful form taking on all the limitations all the limitations as we seeing you know how many 
difficulties just to prove to the four or five people around him that he was not their younger brother he was not their son he was not you know bound by their relationships as student or teacher whatever so many difficulties but yet Swami very patiently gave each one their own time to accept him and to understand him and to come to him you know he entered hearts not only uh, forcibly right I mean, he also entered it gently uh, for instance shri anjaneyalu whom we discussed he was actually a shirdi baba devotee from before itself right so swami entered into his heart by showing him that he is also the same as shirdi baba right in fact in a, in a, there is an episode where swami actually guides him to get a statue of shirdi baba he wants him to install it and worship it every day okay and mm. uh, he searches for it in in the markets around and he is not able to find it then swami tells him one day he calls him and tells him that you know you go to this uh, lakshmi narasimha swami temple At in a Penobilam. place called yeah pennobilam pennobilam yeah it's about uh, 13 14 kilometers away from urukonda so he tells him you mm. go there you will find it and exactly as swami describes he goes to this place and he finds one small statue of swami and that he brings it back and you know as i said he's an excise inspector he has a huge bungalow which is given to him so in the garden he actually sets up a small shrine for shirdi baba he buys a a tiger skin lays it and he puts the statue and he mm. worships it every day in fact swami when he used to come and have that gathering in mr anjaneelu's house mm. swami would come and offer worship to that statue swami would give aarti swami would sing bhajans and people would follow as we discussed uh, swami was a regular at anjaneelu's house and he was a very dear friend to both his children that is son narsimhadas and uh, daughter subaratnama subaratnama and they were schoolmates so in fact uh, narsimhadas remembers how swami used to love playing football and apparently you know can you guess what swami was best at in football goalkeeping <laughs> exactly exactly you know okay. what swami did throughout his life for all of us goalkeeping keeping <laughs> us on focused on our goal you know swami was an excellent goalkeeper it seems okay. and he used to be the goalkeeper and narsimhadas used to play another thing very interesting that narsimhadas narrates is swami's love for dramatics you know ramana uh, venkat ramana swami's teacher english teacher yeah yeah swami we... would tell in discourses later that swami would always call him sir sir hmm. then swami uh, after swami had declared himself when this ramana came to see swami swami addressed him as ramana it seems so we said hey hmm. ramana i'm no more your student you're no more my teacher hmm. and he very readily accepted this change in relationship role reversal right <laughs> and he started referring to swami as guruji 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 wow swami said this change of heart does not come so easily swami said in the discourse this itself was yes. earned through you know births and births of good deeds and i think uh, around this time was the time when swami made that trip to hampi right yes now uh, before we go to um, the hampi maybe just one more i uh, would like to talk about one more couple you remember we had discussed about how when swami got bitten by that scorpion right. i mean i was believed to have been bitten by the scorpion whole night there was a person who had to keep awake and ensure right. that uh, swami is administered with injections yes that neighbor his name is kasibatla shriram murthy okay now this neighbor kasibatla shriram murthy was a staunch brahmin mm-hmm. and his wife's name is vishalakshamma okay okay and so he felt that swami being a non brahmin should not 
enter his house or especially enter the kitchen mm-hmm. and but vishalakshamma his wife was greatly devoted to swami mm-hmm. and therefore she would continue to you know lovingly caress swami feed swami but swami kept up with the demands of kasibatla shriram murthy by not entering his kitchen mm-hmm. okay. by going to the back door and eating on a separate leaf not touching the utensils of his house mm-hmm. that way years later you know kasibatla shriram murthy remembers with tears in his eyes of how when the time for his daughter's wedding came they were not finding any match and they were at their wits end of what to do that is when his wife vishalakshamma said you go and ask sai baba mm-hmm. by then swami was recognized sai baba <laughs> he had his ashram in prashanti so he came to puttaparthi and before coming he had his own fear he said where will he recognize and if he recognize also you remember how i have treated him <laughs> i have not treated him well she said if he is unable to recognize just tell him vishalakshamma i am sure he will never forget me because the amount of love that i have received from him as a son how much of love he has given to me i am sure he'll never forget his mother and needless to say you know when he came here when kasibatla shriram murthy came to parthi without him even telling swami went straight to him and said you are worried about your daughter's wedding right don't worry you go back there will be a groom already waiting that's exactly what happened and after that you know <laughs> needless to say kasibatla shriram murthy is a changed man in talking in, of swami not forgetting uh-huh. i mean these are people who are whom Swami lived with in those in those early years, and definitely Swami would not forget. I'm reminded of you know one of my uh, seniors had said when Swami had taken him to Kodaikanal. One day during the session, Swami looked at him and asked, uh, "Have you come to Kodaikanal before?" Have I, in the sense, uh, he took it that Swami is asking him, "Have I brought you to Kodaikanal before?" Mm. So he said, "No, Swami, this is the first time I'm coming." And Swami said, "Don't lie, you've come before." Mm. And he said, "No, Swami, this is the first time you're bringing me here." He said, "Yeah, I'm bringing you for the first time." But don't you remember when you were a fourteen-year-old boy? You know, one day when I had been to come to Kodaikanal, you were standing near that rock, and I was diving by, and Swami was telling him exact location where he was standing. As a boy, he alone was standing, and Swami's car was going by that way, and Swami looked at him and blessed him. Wow. And Swami said, "You were standing there." And this was like a good ten years after that event had happened. And I think that's the thing with Swami, and uh, it's surprising for the person who gets recognized. but i think knowing swami it's not at all a surprise that's why it is not at all a surprise that tamiraju manchiraji tamiraju the teacher he developed so much of devotion and love for swami that even before swami declared his avatarhood with the manasa bhajare as we know it on the 20th of october he had composed sainata shatakam okay and uh, he wanted to offer it to swami and on one particular day swami was scheduled to visit that home mm-hmm. but on the same day sheshamaraju had scheduled a visit to a bioscope you know what's a bioscope right in those days it's a cinema right it's exactly a- yeah the movie theaters they were called as bioscope because that was the way it was projected so a bioscope show had been scheduled mm-hmm. and uh, swami refused to go for that go for okay. the movie instead he visited the home of manchiraji tammaraju and accepted the sainata shatakam that he had composed mm-hmm. so indeed there were those fortunate few who in that complete darkness also could recognize the divinity that swami was and then there was also the story of karim saab a okay. muslim classmate of swami mm-hmm. uh, who saw that swami waded straight into a path that was strewn with thorny lawns okay and he says that before his very eyes wherever swami put his foot a soft tender tulsi plant 
erupted from the ground mm-hmm. and he was spellbound seeing this miracle and needless to say he became another devout follower of swami so yes as you said all these happened before that historic trip to the hampi temple the one of the reason main reasons why the hampi trip happened was seshmaraj was at his wit's end because he didn't know how to break swami from this routine of thursday worships and i'm, I'm sure you know we can imagine that uh, turmoil the family would have gone through because here is the youngest son of the family who is accepting worship every thursday and the people are coming in huge numbers they are put making him sit on a pedestal they are garlanding the, the him the problem that sheshamaraju faced was one of indecision he did not have the courage to decide and accept that his brother was god because how could he i mean he just could not comprehend that at the same time he did not have the courage to poo poo everything because he had an own an experience of his own right you know his wife was expecting a child and she had therefore gone to her parents place in kamlapuram she was in kamlapuram and uh, sheshamaraju gets a telegram which says that she is very critical don't know what will happen the baby is in danger as well as the mother and even as he is planning to leave for kamlapuram his youngest brother that is satya goes into a trance it's about 11 o'clock in the afternoon he goes into a trance and for about 15 20 minutes he is in a trance and after that even as sheshamaraju is leaving he says don't worry the mother and child are safe and sheshamaraju gets to know that at exactly at 11 o'clock in kamlapuram they don't know from where he appeared but a fakir mm-hmm. of course today we know that it is the description of shirdi baba right. but a fakir appeared at her door and they thought that at that time a train was passing by mm-hmm. from mumbai so they felt that maybe he came from the train so he walked in he gave prasadam he gave vibhuti and he said don't worry and instantly the delivery took place the mother was safe the child was safe so sheshamaraju had this experience too he knew that exactly at the time when they are telling that happened here in uruvakonda satya had gone into a trance right. so he had experience which showed that satya is no ordinary boy at the same time he could not accept so his was a problem of indecision right and around this time you know it was during the dashara time the vacations were on dashara vacations were on mm-hmm. and that's when uh, one mr ram raju and uh, his wife uh, lakshmi devi you know yeah. both of them have a very strange they are from bellari he is the municipal councillor from bellari right a municipal councillor chairman right. yeah somebody yeah, municipal in the municipal chairman huh. right he is one of the very uh, uh, highly placed officials mm-hmm. from bellari he has a dream in mm-hmm. which he is directed to come to urvakonda and take one boy by name satyam it, i mean he's not told it's a boy mm. he said come to urvakonda take satyam and have him as a guest in your house in hospet actually it's one of the uh, towns mm. in the bellari district district of bellari mm. and the strange thing is his wife also has a similar dream oh wow right okay. so and both of them come to urvakonda expecting that there will be some a uh, holy personage by name satyam or something oh so this was the uh, they had dreams is it okay right. that's what swami w- would say in the years later hmm. swami describes how they come and they immediately board the train or bus and they come to urukonda and when they come swami says just then swami is coming out of his house hmm. okay and when they see swami they realize that this was the very boy who came and told them <laughs> oh okay. okay okay and then they realize that he satyam and every time swami would narrate the story swami would say you can imagine how small i am now i am so short now you can imagine how i would have been way back in 1943 1940 now i'm just trying to imagine how their dream would be you know 
as a little boy swami has come in the dream because uh, that is something that he has kept updated with you know whenever he goes in the dreams of the people he gives them the dream of the updated form so that they are able to recognize when they meet him in fact i remember one of our teachers narrating a very beautiful episode mm-hmm. swami was coming out of his teenage years you know photography had not yet reached puttaparthi in a big way so there were a few devotees who clamored you know in fact his grandmother okay this uh, teacher's grandmother who was here from those times clamored and told swami swami we want one photograph uh, one photograph of yours please give it to us and then you know those days swami had that parted hairstyle right you know w- one big mop on on the right and one big mop on the left with a partition somewhere off center that was a hairstyle that he had that was what they knew swami materialized a picture in which he had beautiful curly mop complete like mm-hmm. the mop we know now we know now okay and that time it was unknown totally so she said swami what have you done to your hair i mean <laughs> when we look at the photos of the olden days we feel what swami did to his hair <laughs> so the grandmother looked at the photograph and told swami what have you done to your hair and swami told her you know in the years to come that's how i will be so don't worry you keep this photograph <laughs> and they still have that photograph with them so it's amazing how you know swami updates <laughs> in his appearances also okay so right. so i think uh, luckily for this ramaraju swami would have given him the appearance as he appeared then so that they will be able to recognize the moment as a teenage boy see urukona hmm. and and the swami says how the husband and wife come and prostrate in front of swami hmm. on the road over there you know here was a very elderly person and a very well placed official hmm. he said nothing inhibited him from doing that he came and fell at swami's feet and all the more embarrassment for shishmanraju you know he doesn't know what to do because here I mean, he's after all a teacher in a government school, and here is actually the municipal councillor, and this person is behaving in such a weird manner. And he comes and tells Seshma Raju that he wants to take Swami to his place in Bellary. Mm-hmm. So Seshma Raju thinks over it, and he also thinks that you know, Dashara time it would be a good break to take away Satyam away, and you know maybe a few days away from uh, all this worship and all that and the thursday drama which is happening and swami will be better and we can come back and join him in school that was the idea and that's how they go to bellary or hospet hospet where uh, ramraju and his family is living and a few kilometers away from hospet is the famous ruins of hampi right it was the headquarters of the great vijayanagar, vijayanagar empire. empire and the rulers of the empire were staunch believers of one form of shiva which is the virupaksha right virupaksha uh, means one who uh, transcends the whole universe and who has his eyes everywhere aksha is the eyes so they took uh, swami to that famous virupaksha temple and if you see the virupaksha temple complex there is a big courtyard mm-hmm. okay and in the courtyard is a small temple in which is housed uh, nandi the right. vehicle bull of uh, lord shiva, lord shiva facing the main garbagudi mm-hmm. in which is the virupaksha and shiva there is not as a linga it is a head of shiva okay. a huge head of shiva is there mm-hmm. that is virupaksha okay. with the eyes and the third eye you know that that is the deity there mm-hmm. when they took swami there as recounted even later on by swami in his discourse swami refused to enter the temple and in fact you know professor kasturi describes how swami was so lost swami would not be with the group swami would go away and swami would admire the architecture of the place hmm. and very apparently in his body language swami showed that he's not interested in you know worship in the shrine or anything like that 
but then not to be impolite swami did accompany the group and that is when you know swami says that this ramaraju pleads with swami to come to the temple hmm. so he says i don't want to come i don't want to come and see the worship so seshamaraju says it's good sir don't force him let him stand outside and take care of our luggage correct that's what seshamaraju <laughs> says it's good at least one person will be outside we can't carry all this and go in so he is made in charge of the luggage which is kept there to stand in the courtyard to stand in the courtyard and all the others go into the the temple for the aarti and all that and mm-hmm. when you know in these olden temples there were no electrical lights then and that was the idea as i think one satsang we spoke of why the aarti is given hmm where the aarti is given to actually show the whole deity hmm. because the whole temple is dark and that's when the whole deity is seen to the people who are worshiping there correct ha so when swami says when the aarti was lit and as the deity was being shown they saw that swami was standing there Sheshamaraju could not believe it so he immediately rushes out of the sanctum sanctorum comes outside no, that's it. the first thought is i told him to take care of the luggage and <laughs> this guy is sneaked in from the behind door and he's standing there what happened to the luggage sanctum sanctorum <laughs> when the lord is there you are worried about your luggage this is the mistake that all of us do prem in our lives you know when swami is there in all his splendor available for us to grab and take hold of we are still con- concerned with our own petty little materialistic worldly desires absolutely and shishamaraju rashi so you know and it's typical we want god to take care of our luggage we don't want god actually yeah <laughs> that's what we are still doing with swami but that's what he runs outside the temple and he is seeing and and as so nothing has happened swami is standing there and you know lost in his own thoughts sheshamaraju can't believe it right he calls one of the people there and says go in he want to check now where is swami and the person comes out and reports that yes swami is still there in the altar and here is swami and the beautiful thing is everybody in the group has this darshan it's not only sheshamaraju even Correct. the uh, municipal chairman he also has this darshan and of course the same event happens to two different people and one is thrilled and the other is confused <laughs> confused sheshamaraju for the first time in his life feels a kind of joy a joy in his heart that you know my brother is definitely something out of the ordinary for the first time in his life he comes close to accepting swami as being something beyond than just his little brother in fact we should listen to that description in swami's own voice swami says just when they all step into the hampi temple hmm. what happens let's just listen to that in swami's own voice yeah కోపం <laughs> శేషవరాజు వాజ్ ఎన్రేజ్ అని చెప్పి చెప్పి ఎప్పుడో వెనకపోయి విగ్రహం వెనక నిలుచుకున్నాడు ఎంత పొరపాటు ఎంత తప్పు అని అతనికి చాలా కోపం వచ్చింది హీ వాజ్ యాంగ్రీ దట్ రాజు సెట్ దట్ హీ వుడ్ నాట్ బి కమింగ్ విత్ మీ స్టెల్తిలీ హీ హాస్ గోన్ బిహైండ్ అండ్ హీ స్టాండింగ్ దేర్ హౌ రాంగ్ ఇట్ ఈస్ వాట్ ఎస్ సిన్ ఇట్ ఈస్ హీ వాజ్ థింకింగ్ కానీ రామరాజు ఆ విధంగా భావించలేదు but ramaraju did not think on those lines virupachude raju rajay virupachudu anukunnadu ramaraju fell that raju is virupacha and virupacha himself is raju tachanam shesham raju venaku kochadu chuchadu nenu chetti kind akade kurchunnanu shesham raju came out of the temple in order to see whether raju was there well i was there 
అండర్ ది ట్రీ ఆయనకు అనుమానం ఎక్కువ హీ వాజ్ ఫుల్ ఆఫ్ డౌట్స్ మరి ఇంకొకరిని పంపించాడు అక్కడ కనిపిస్తుండేటువంటిది ఉన్నాడా రాజు నేను ఇక్కడ చూస్తుంటాను రాకుండా అని ఇన్ని విధాల పరీక్షలు ప్రారంభించాడు శేషవరాజు గాట్ బ్యాక్ ఇన్ టు ది టెంపుల్ అండ్ సెంట్ సమ్వన్ ఎల్స్ టు ఫైండ్ అవుట్ whether there is one raju under the tree i'll be watching this raju here you please go and find raju akkada unnadu ikkada unnadu raju was there under the tree as well as in the temple chaala aanandincharu tirigi naa daggara cheppite baagundadu anku idi maa manasu yokka kevalam aavedana aa rakamga kanipinchindi anukunnaru inside his himself he was extremely happy but in order to satisfy himself he began telling this is my only mental imagination and raju was not there you can only imagine what would have happened at hospet after that you know here was a grand miracle you cannot even call it as a hallucination of one person or two people because right. it was a group of 50 people who witnessed this miracle if we can use modern terminology satya's uh godly rating <laughs> went through skyrocketed immediately everybody began to worship him and in hospet itself bhajans were organized and swami says by the time they you know came back from hampi to the house of uh, the municipal chairman mm. people were waiting to have swami's darshan exactly because news, news travels very fast <laughs> so fast it traveled in fact because of this you know there was a new born a new respect in the heart of the municipal chairman and he wanted to present swami with something and in those days the fashion was on your shirt collar a kind of a collar pin would be worn as a fashion statement Good or style pin. statement a normal collar pin mm-hmm. but the municipal chairman presented swami with a gold collar pin right in fact swami describes huh. that he wanted to express that love so badly and swami would not accept anything from him he wanted to stitch a few pairs of clothes and give it to swami swami refused and that's when he got this idea it seems he went to the goldsmith and ordered for this collar pin stayed there for one hour made him do it in one hour and got it for swami hmm. so swami describes and again swami says that i won't accept anything from you and it is seshamaraju insists that swami should accept it because he was a such an elderly person a government official we should not offend him and that's when swami accepts that collar pin and everything you know prem is part of a master plan because this collar pin too had its own wonderful role in swami's mission in fact another important thing happens in bellari before we move out of bellari okay in fact the day after uh, the visit to hampi hmm. as we described you know people started coming and the news spread in the town in fact swami cures one person who is afflicted with very very chronic tb tuberculosis okay yes and swami makes him walk after so many years mm. so that also adds to the glory you know which is spreading already so yes coming back to the collar pin i feel before we go delve into the collar pin we should listen to it in swami's own sweet voice yes because that collar pin incident is a very very iconic incident in swami's life especially the uh, the part which we are discussing exactly let's listen to what happened to that collar pin అక్టోబరు సోమవారం ఇరువది తేదీ హంపి నుండి వచ్చి స్కూలు కరుగుచు బాబా కాలరు పిన్నొకటి జారి కనబడలేదు మార్పు కలిగినున్నాడు మార్పు రావడానికి ఈ కాలరు పిన్ను పోయింది ఇదే మార్పు అన్న ప్రాపంచక సంబంధము పిన్న ఈ తొలగెను 
క్షేత్ర దర్శనము కూడా చల్లెను హంపి మాయ తొలగనని గృహమును వాయిదను వీడను ఆనాడే గృహాన్ని విడిచిపెట్టింది ఇది ఒక మాయ అనగా ప్రాపంచక సంబంధమైనటువంటి వస్తువులే ఒక మాయ ఈ వస్తువులు ఏనాడు మనకు విడిపోతాయినో అదే మాయ తప్పటం ఆనాడే వెళ్ళి అంజనేయుసి యొక్క గృహం లోపల ఒక పెద్ద గుండు ఉండే ఆ గుండు పైన కూర్చున్నాయ no maya can actually affect him but what he decided was the time to let go of that maya even for the world to realize exactly and so today in our sai circles the collar pin has become symbolic of worldly attachments and desires so letting go of the collar pin if only we all could <laughs> do it as easily but swami says that it is as easy as he did it if only we place our love and trust and faith in him we too right. will be able to do that that way and coming back to that momentous day swami saying the 20th of october no before we come to that prem when swami returned from hampi right when he came back he didn't step into his house at all mm-hmm. swami as he said in his discourse he had went to anjaneyalu's house and he sat on one stone and said i'm going to be here right but it will be very interesting to know the things that happened before that mm-hmm. so before that what happened is he returns straight and goes to the house of manchiraji tammaraju okay his teacher and he calls his wife and tells her to cook food for all the people you know mm-hmm. we, a huge group had gone 30 40, 20 to 30 people who had accompanied right so he tells her to feed all of them and she's shocked she doesn't know how she's going to cook for so many people mm-hmm. and so one instance where you know swami tells her to cook and multiplies the food so that even after all the 25 eat food is still remaining maybe okay. the first recorded instance of that happening right and that's how all are fed and after that this is what happens mm-hmm. swami decides to not go to his house again okay and he goes to uh, anjanelu's house mm-hmm. and he is attending school from there itself oh okay. uh, along with the children of children. Uh, yes right and then comes this day when he loses the collar pin mm-hmm. subaratnamma she describes this episode she says that when they were going to school one day the thing was lost the collar pin was lost and she knows it because and in fact uh, sorry before yeah. we go into that incident one more small incident happens right before exactly anjanelu huh. anjanelu gets a third child and swami names her correct that was just few days uh, is that before hampi no no it is after uh, i think it happened before hampi yes right. it was just before swami went to hampi actually and you know every time you know when avatar does something he throws about hints right. even when the mahasamadhi took place in retrospect when we see there are so many hints that swami had already given so too as if giving hints of what was about to happen a child was born to anjanelu a third child a daughter and swami named her as sai prabha it's amazing imagine that a family is entrusting the naming of their child to a teenager <laughs> a teenage boy and he named her sai prabha but before naming her sai prabha he picked the baby in his arms and said you too have been caught in maya you too have been caught in maya <laughs> which was shocking 
Right. Now, I I do not know exactly if the naming ceremony happened before the Hampi trip or after the Hampi trip, but this child was born, born in September 1943. Right. That is there before are, the. There is a birth certificate that shows that record. Sai Prabha and born. For all practical purposes, she must be the first child who was named exactly by Swami with the name Sai, not with the name Sai, because you know uh, the teachers that we spoke about who were devotees of Swami right. in Urubakonda. Okay, apparently even. as they used to attend the only thursday sai okay a few of them had named their children after swami so they had named okay. them as sai okay. so this is probably the first case in the history where swami, swami named, named a child okay. as sai so, so that's how sai prabha had happened and then yes on the day that is this 20th october mm-hmm. when the collar pin was lost that day in fact even anjanelu says that he went to drop off swami at the school mm-hmm. and uh, swami and his children of course all of them all the children at school and that day he saw a kind of strange halo around swami okay. a glow mm-hmm. so little did he know that it was a very significant day he saw the halo around swami and that day as the children uh, means as i said subratnamma she narrated that they went to their classes different classes because they were just schoolmates they were not classmates mm-hmm. and subratnamma remembers that a boy came running to her class and in her class swami's elder brother sheshama raju was taking a telugu lesson mm-hmm. and he came and told that you know he was crying mm-hmm. and he said that the collar pin is lost the golden collar pin is lost and sheshama raju's first reaction was hey, yes i know that useless brother of mine <laughs> you know, he has lost such a valuable golden pin so he just shouted and he said that don't bring this to me tell him to ask his sister in law in the meanwhile this is what uh, the other classmates abdul khader says that swami was almost lost in a kind of speaking fit mm-hmm. he kept saying anta maya anta maya everything is maya everything is maya and he walked straight back to his house not anjanelu's house he walked back straight to his house called out to his sister in law through the books and he said idanta maya all this is maya maya is gone means uh, swami treated as he told in his discourse the collar pin to be symbolic of maya and he said now maya is gone nothing binds me i am going that was when uh, swami sister in law got very panicky because she knows that from her experience of the past 2 years <laughs> that whatever this boy says he means it he does it so she held on to him and said you just wait here for some time she immediately summoned sheshama raju and who fact, came rushing uh, in home. that uh, in that noise which ensued after that the neighbor comes in right that yes narayana shastri narayana shastri this is the same pandit right who was expounding that uh, text in swami hamsa geeta and swami corrected him corrected him that same uh, scholar has now become a devotee of swami so when he hears the noise he comes running into the house and he also sees this glow which is there on swami on that day and, and so now in swami's little home we have sheshama raju we have sushilamma we have narayana shastri and swami four of them when swami tells to sheshama raju don't try to cure me <laughs> i am not that boy i am sai baba so sheshama raju assumes that oh till now every thursday that sai baba used to possess my brother now he has decided to possess him forever that is what he thought so he said is the boy gone and swami replies no the boy is there how long will he be here and swami replies till maya comes the boy will be here mm-hmm. and uh, sheshamaraju was given the understanding to understand that here swami was referring to his parents as maya so he realized that till ishwaramma and pedavenkamaraju come to uravakonda 
his brother will still continue to be the abai or the boy after that he is lost <laughs> and so he immediately summons the parents in the meanwhile swami has walked out of the house he has gone to anjanelu's home and he goes and sits on that same rock on which he had installed, installed a shirdi sai statue. statue and in fact very symbolically i think this anjanelu he clears that rock and he, he removes that uh, shirdi sai statue. statue and swami sits there he spreads the tiger skin for swami the tiger skin and he sits there that's a very famous photo which is still there and in fact that is recorded as one of the early miracles too no this happened after the declaration when a photographer clicked uh, after the declaration a photographer had come there he was so thrilled he wanted to take a picture of swami and so as he was composing his picture he saw there was one ugly rock in front of swami so he told swami can we clear that rock swami said no let that rock be there he was surprised at why swami was insisting for an ugly rock to be in front of him and when he clicked and developed the picture that rock had turned into a statue of shirdi sai that was another announcement of him and shirdi sai being one and the same but anyway coming back to the story he sat there he refused to eat or drink anything so the wife of um uh, anjanelu pleaded with swami and swami had a few morsels but after that swami just refused to eat and as narsimhadas states for the next two days swami didn't have food and drink Mm-hmm. he just sat there and people would visit there for satsang swami will speak to them people will visit for singing bhajans swami will encourage them they will finish and they will go but swami will continue to be on the rock he stayed there for two complete days till as swami would call them his griham ammai and griham abbai that is the boy of the house and the girl of the house which is his mother and father came and when ishwaramma comes she knows that for the last two and a half days or three days swami has not eaten anything in fact even as ishwarma approaches swami says maya has come yes maya yes. has come that statement from swami and the fact that he has not eaten anything from three days makes ishwarma go into a dizzy she almost faints <laughs> and when she recovers swami tells her to cook tells her to cook and that brings some joy in ishwarma's heart she feels that oh, you know my son still knows me as mother <laughs> so uh, she cooks rice she cooks one kind of tamarind paste and then there is pickle so she makes all this and she serves it to swami on a plate swami mixes everything into one single ball mm-hmm. and again reminiscent of how shirdi baba used to do with his food okay and he tells his mother to give him three morsels feed him three morsels and once he eats those three morsels you know he is breaking his fast with that swami says that maya is completely gone now if you see our uh, hindu a way when a person is taking sanyasa his mother feeds him three morsels and then he tells his mother mother maya is completely gone i am no way related to you all in any way my devotees are calling me and i have to go and that was the moment when swami sat on the rock and sang manasa bhajare guru charanam dustara bhavasa garataranam it is not that that was the first time that swami sang that bhajan swami used to sing but this was the first time that swami sang that bhajan after having declared that he is not attached to anything in the world he is beyond the world and he is sai baba and, and it was for an important mission exactly and before we conclude this last little thing that it was at that time that ishwaramma with tears in her eyes fell at swami's feet and said you know she addressed him as swami Mm-hmm. so for the first time you know her own son she is calling him swami swami is a term of respect used for elders and people of great spiritual achievement she said swami 
Maya has left you, but Maya has not left us. And we are all still very attached. So, whatever you do, Swami, we will take care of your devotees. We will do that. No problem at all. Please don't go to the Himalayas. Please be with us. And then Swami told her, I have decided that Puttaparthi will be my Kshetra, my field of activity. You go and rest assured, this Thursday I am coming back to Puttaparthi. And that promise Swami upheld till the last days of his physical body. And he stayed completely in Puttaparthi, sticking to that principle that a seed must grow into a tree where it is planted and not go elsewhere. And that is how, you know, started the journey where Puttaparthi was brought onto the world map and Satisai began his mission of establishing himself in the hearts of millions of devotees. So dear listeners, that is the point in Satyam Shamsandram we are going to stop. And yes, this was the moment that Swami chose to come into all our lives. We hope you enjoyed this Satyam Shamsandram Satsang. You can write to us with your comments and your suggestions. And as always, you can write to listener at radiosai.org. This is Prem from Team Radio Sai and with me is Arvind. Sairam, you just heard an episode of our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. And the topic of today's episode was Satyam Shivam Sundaram, the life story of Bhagwan Sri Satya Sai Baba. This was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12.30pm on May 30th, 2013. We hope you enjoyed it. Your comments and suggestions are very important to us. Please mail them to listener at radiosci.org. Next week, same day, same time, will be the continuation of today's episode. Stay tuned. Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashant Nilayam. Mm-hmm.